So thanks so much for joining us, especially online. Uh, And speaking of online, uh, next week is, of course, Christmas Day. Next Sunday, Christmas Day. And um, we're going to be having an online service only at Christmas at 10 o'clock. We're going to be launching that online. So it's just online only. And that's just an opportunity for us to spend time with our families and really just encourage us to take a moment with our families and enjoy the holidays. And... um, Someone, you know, was like, well, we, we just need to be in church every, every, every time, you know, and just need to be, even in holidays, you know, we're, we're better than the post office. We just need to be right there. But, you know, we just really felt that it's just a good time to really spend with our families. And uh, we're all about families and, and here at the church. But, you know, the next time that uh, Christmas will be on Sunday is 11 years from now. So there's going to be 10 years in between there that we're going to have church on Sunday. So, you know, during Christmas holidays. So we'll be able to, you know, accommodate that. So I think it's okay. Uh, how many know this is a time where a lot of people, uh, I've heard people use the word holy convocation, where it's just a real time of holy uh, uh, reflection and, and uh, you know, peace on earth, goodwill to man, and just all those things. And so, but how many know sometimes uh, during this time of um, holy convocation, it can be a time of holy complication, (laughs) amen, and some things aren't working out right and going well, amen, but, you know, I believe it's time for us to just to really exercise our faith and say, Lord, no matter what we're going through, what's going on in our life, we're going to say with with a, a, a good assurance, as Paul said, assurance that, Lord, you are good. I don't, know, I don't know a lot of things in life that happen and reason why and a lot of things. And, and you might be experiencing a holy complication right now in your life. Amen. But keep your faith strong in the Lord. Amen. And one of the things that we believe here at our church is we believe in the power of prayer. How many believe in the power of prayer? Amen. This morning I want to share a couple thoughts with you along the lines of prayer. And we're just going to finish up our series uh, called Family Peace. And uh, I, I've kind of went through, you know, the, the Christmas holiday, used the theme a little bit, played around with the theme. I think the first week we talked about, you know, uh, navigating your family through a crazy busy time or uh, crazy busy family life. We called it dashing through the week. And, the, and then last week we talked about, um, you know, kind of conflicts in relationship, conflicts in marriage. We called it oh holy fight, right? And so I believe that uh, just wanted to share some principles uh, called Silent Night Prayers. And uh, I believe that God wants us to have powerful prayers for our children. Amen. So this morning I want to just give you uh, some principles about how to pray impactful prayer or power, the power of prayer for your children. Amen. How many believe it's important that we pray for our children? Now this can apply to you as your grandparent and or uncle. So this nieces, nephews, and, and uh, maybe you're um, not married or maybe you're married, don't have children or, or whatever. Uh, and this can apply uh, to you as well, praying for people. Amen. Some of you are, are praying for friends and their kids. And, and so this can uh, really uh, apply to that as well. But I uh, just wanted to really talk specifically to parents raising kids. And so your kids may be in diapers. Your kids may be out of the house. It doesn't matter um, how many know our prayers are important for our children. Amen. In Lamentation chapter 2, verse 19, I'm reading out of the living. It says, Arise, cry out in the night. As the, watch, as the watchers of the night, or watchmen of the night, as the night begins. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint for hunger in the streets. And so I believe it's important that we understand the power of prayer for our kids. Amen? 
You believe that? Amen. How many believe that God wants you to pray good prayers for your kids? You don't, here's a good thing about, uh, about the Lord. You don't have to be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. Amen. And I believe it's important to tell God, talk to God about your kids. Why? Because he knows them, he loves them, and he has the power to bless them. He has the ability to bless their life. Amen. We can give a lot of things. The Bible says, you, you know, a father can give his sons houses and land, but only the Lord can give him an understanding wife. Amen. So there's things that we can do, right, as parents and as family that, that are really good, and the Bible teaches us about that. We'll preach a lot about it. But how many know we really depend on the Lord to take care of our kids? Amen. Come on, right? To provide for them, to protect them. And so I think it's important that we pray for our kids. I want to share, you some, share with you some principles about praying for your kids' family peace. I love the account of in Genesis chapters 48 and 49 talking about Jacob. Jacob was also uh, called Israel. He was the one that wrestled with the angel and changed his name to Israel. He had um, sons, and they were the ones that known as the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons, right? And Jacob was ending um, his, towards the end of his life. And the Bible says that he was getting older. He knew that his time was coming to pass on. And one of the things that was so important that he gathered his uh, children or his sons around him. And the Bible says he prayed for them. He blessed them. And let's read Genesis chapter 49. I'm just going to read just a couple verses. In Genesis chapter 49, and you can read 48 and 49 on your own, but in chapter 49, verse 1, it says, And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you uh, that which will befall you or tell you what's going to happen in the last days or the days of your life. And then look over in verse 28. It says, in all these of the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is that their father spoke, I'm reading out the King James on this one, unto them, and blessed them, and everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them, or according to their abilities, according to their individual lives, he blessed them. And then in verse 33, and when Jacob had made an end of the commandments his, to his sons, he, uh, the Bible says he, uh, they gathered up his feet unto the, unto the bed, and he yielded up the ghost, and the Bible says uh, he was buried with his fathers. And the Bible says that he, was, he brought his sons together. And I just want to tell you just a few things to save you uh, several chapters of, of, of verses of reading. First of all, the Bible says that Jacob prayed over his sons when he knew his life was ending, new things were happening. He brought them together and he blessed them. He prayed over them. The word blessing and prayer kind of go hand in hand. So we could say that when we pray for our children, we're blessing them or we're praying prayers of blessing. How many have prayed prayers of blessing over your children, right? So he prayed for his sons. And then as you read these prayers and you go through each one, you, you learn that one of the most powerful prayers he prays uh, in chapter 49, he repeats from Deuteronomy chapter 7. So he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 7, the blessing of the Lord. In Genesis 48, if you read the, the chapter before that, you'll see that um, Joseph brought his two sons that Jacob had never met, and he brought them to their grandfather, and the Bible says he blessed his grandchildren, and he adopted them. He said, you were born in a time that I didn't know you or with a woman that I, didn't, I don't know when Joseph was in Egypt. He said, but I receive you as my own grandchildren. And so that was important, isn't it? Amen. And so he laid hands on them and he blessed them. And, and the other thing you see is, in this chapter is there was a prophetic utterance that he was saying. He said, Reuben, you're going to do this. 
uh, Judah, this is going to happen. And he began to give a prophetic utterance over his sons. And then what I like about this and this story goes back to is he prays for the heritage of faith from his grandfather, Abraham. And he prays over them, the heritage of faith. And then he prays over them that they would have a personal encounter with God themselves. Let me just go through this again. So he lays hands on them and he blesses them. We see in Mark chapter 10 that Jesus called the children together. The Bible says he gathered children together and he laid hands on them and he blessed them. Why? Because that's what you just did. Because that's what God does. Amen. And so he knew that there needed to be a blessing on the children of his day. And one of the ways he did it was he laid hands on them. Some of you, your kids are going in so many different directions, it's hard to just get a hold of them, right? But he laid hands on them and he blessed them. The other thing I like about this account very important about praying for our kids, is that he blessed them from the word of God. Jacob quoted Deuteronomy chapter 7. He actually uh, began to pray a blessing of Deuteronomy 7, that you would be blessed in your finances, blessed in your business, that you would be blessed in anything you do. He began to pray the word of God. Then he began to pray Specific prayers over them according to their individuality. He prayed different prayers. Not everybody got the same prayer like this big, huge, you know, corporate blessing. He went through and specifically said that, Reuben, this is what happened in your life. This is what's going to happen in your life. And he began to pray these things over them according to their skill set, according to their talents and abilities, according to what God was going to do in their life. Isn't that interesting? And then he begins to move in the prophetic. And you begin to see this prophetic utterance that he begins to speak over his kids. And he begins to speak over his sons. And, he, and how many know everything that he spoke over them either came to pass or is still coming to pass? Right? Think about that. And he blesses his grandchildren and he adopted them. I love that about him. And then, of course, we see, as I already said, he understood that the faith that was passed down from his grandfather was so necessary that he passed it down to his children. Not only that, but he didn't just pass down the faith of his grandfather Abraham. He began to pray and call them into accountability that they need to come into their own relationship, a one-on-one encounter with the living God. I mean, that's important to pray those things, right? And we'll go through that in a little bit. But I want to just encourage you that you need to give your kids the value of faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? You need to give your kids the value of a relationship with God Almighty. Amen? You need to give your kids the value of church and the body of Christ. Amen? I I know some people have a problem with church. I know some people, they don't like Christians. I get it. But you've got to give them the value of church. Amen? Give them the value of the body of Christ. Give them the value of worshiping God. Give them the value of serving others and loving others and forgiveness and generosity. You need to pass that down to your children. Amen? And aren't you glad that there's a lot of things that God puts in his word that you can give to your kids? But aren't you even uh, more thankful that there's more things God can give to your kids that you could never give to your kids? Amen. And so when you pray, you begin to ask God for those things that you cannot give, but only he can give. And when you begin to pray for your kids and pray over your children or uh, nieces and nephews or, or whatever, grandchildren, you begin to, if I can say, unlock those things that God has for them that you can't give them. 
Come on, somebody. Amen. How I many know you can give houses and land? You can do your best, but only God can give them a good family. God can give them that career, that job or whatever. God can bless them with peace that you can't. God can bless them with loving relationships that you can't give them. Come on, somebody. You can give them expensive sneakers, but you can't give them peace in their home. You can't give them an understanding uh, husband or wife. Only God does that. Amen? So I want to encourage you to pray for your kids like Jacob did. We'll get into that a little bit more. But give your kids the value of faith towards God. Let me just give you some basic prayer principles about praying for our kids. I want to just say this, that there's nothing in the Christian life, I believe that the Bible teaches that that's a higher yielding or an investment than praying for your children. Think about it. Because you don't get it for just your day. It can last from generation to generation to generation. Some of you can turn, can go all the way back in your family tree to a great, great, great something or somebody who was a believer. Anybody? Come on, how many know God moves generationally? God moves, amen, that way. And so when you begin to pray, you understand that there's nothing you can do really in this world that has a higher investment than when you pray for your children and give them the faith of Jesus Christ, amen. Give them the faith in God and show them, amen, who God is. I just want to just encourage you to, before we get into some other things, that is that when I thought about this, I just immediately thought, when I begin to pray for my kids, I'm automatically joining God in prayer for them. I'm not praying by myself. I mean, I'm praying the heart of God. God wants my children to be saved. God wants to bless my kids. God wants them to know. And then he wants my grandchildren, I haven't got yet, uh, to be saved and know him. And, and then a great, great and so come on, I, I don't know about you, but if, you, if some of you can tie your lineage back to, man, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandmother or whatever was a believer and she was a prayer warrior. How many can say your mother, your grandmother, great-grandmother? How many can do that and can say there was somebody in my family, I mean, they knew God. And how many know that touches your heart, that just speaks volumes to your life why? Because they knew God, and somehow, through their life, you found the Lord. Amen. I love that. So you're joining with God in prayer. Jesus is the great intercessor. The Bible says that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession for us. So when I begin to pray for my kids, I'm joining in the prayers with the Lord. He's already praying for my kids. Uh-oh. I said, Jesus is already praying for my kids. And the other thing I love about prayer is prayer is eternal. Prayer will never die. Do you realize that the prayers that Jacob prayed over his sons, that either Messianic Jews and Hasidic Jews both alike agree that these prayers are still being heard and felt and seen today, even in the nation of Israel? Think about it. Prayers are eternal. When you talk to the living God, the eternal God, amen, how many know he's going to remember that? That thing's going to last forever. When you put a prayer out there, amen, in faith, I believe it lasts forever. Some of you act like your prayer died yesterday. Well, I prayed yesterday and that one died, so I got to pray today. No, your prayers are eternal. I believe prayers are eternal. How many believe that? So there's some things to understand. Let's go back and look at Jacob and look at some principles. There's three things that I see right away about praying for our kids through the life of Jacob and what this uh, encounter that he had in Genesis chapter 49. Number one, I see that the prayers are authentic. Our prayers for our kids need to be authentic. 
Okay, what do I mean by that? In other words, what it says here is that as he began to pray, not only did he pray, but he prayed in faith. There needs to be a genuine faith when we come to God for our kids. You say, well, that's, that's a no-brainer, right? But let me just give you something else about what happens when it's authentic prayers. I believe that when it's authentic prayers, God works in secret. When you have secret prayers, God does something publicly. How many believe that principle? Whatever you reap, you will, right? Or whatever you sow, you will reap, right? So the prayers that you sow in private will be miracles that you begin to reap in public, amen. Jesus gives us this principle that when we pray in private, when our prayers are silent, if you will, if they're done just between us and the Lord, I believe that there's something that happens in public. See, if you, if you believe in the unseen, someone said you'll begin to see the unbelievable. Amen. God works in secret, doesn't he? God works in private. But how many know he also works in public? He begins to display some things in public. The prayers that you've prayed over your kids, how many of you can lift your hand to heaven and said, I've seen them worked out. I've seen God do it, right? And so you prayed those privately, amen. And so I believe that what you pray in private can become miracles in public. The Bible says that those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that what? Authentically and faithfully seek him, amen. So they're authentic. And so I, I believe this, that Yes, you've got to have faith, but you know, one of the things I, I believe is that you cannot choose Christ for your children. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You cannot choose Christ for your children, but you can pray that your children choose Christ. Those are authentic prayers. Amen? Lord, if you did it for me, you can do it for them. An authentic prayer is prayers that are done in genuine, sincere faith. Amen. The second thing I see about Jacob's prayers that teach us about praying for our kids is that they were very specific. Think about, and you go through Genesis 49. I mean, he's talking about, you know, their past. He's talking about what they said, what they did, what they will become. Hundreds of years after they die, what will happen? Think about it. He's speaking specifically to them. And so I believe prayers need to be specific. I just want to say this quote today. I hope this gets in your heart and your spirit. A touch point in prayer can lead to a turning point in people's lives. Let me just say that again. A touch point in prayer can lead to a turning point in people's lives. And so it's important that we pray specifically for our children. Amen. It's not just putting, it's not putting my dreams and projecting my will on them, projecting my dreams on them. I always wanted to be a rock star. I didn't make it. I want my kids to be a rock star. No, that's not prayer for my kids, right? I don't project my will on them. I don't project my unfulfilled dreams on them. I pray God's will. I pray God's dreams. I pray God's desires. Amen. God's favor, God's blessing on their life. Amen. And so it's not my will. It's God's will. Amen. Amen. And so I want to encourage you that, that, that you know, because why? Because there's a difference between me working and God working. There's a difference between me providing and God providing. I can do an okay job, but God does a way better job. Amen. Amen. There's a difference between my will and God's will. Amen. And so when they're young, yeah, you tell them this is what we're doing as a family. You do this, you do this. This is what's happening. I mean, this is our will. We're going to impose it on you. You're going to have to do that for a while, right? But then there's a time in their life where they're going to have to come to the knowledge of God's will for their life. What does God have for them? And so our prayer is that, like, like uh, Samuel, that they hear God at a young age. 
Like David, they discover, amen, God's plan for their life at a young age. That's our plan and our prayer for, right? It's not that, amen, I, I couldn't be a banker and be rich, and, but you can. And, and I'm praying that you become rich because I was never rich, amen? No, we pray, Lord, your will be done. Your favor on their life. Amen. Maybe I didn't grow up with, with, with all these things and money and everything, but I pray that they would have those things, that they could bless their children and bless the world around them. Amen. And so we, we pray those things. We pray specific prayers. Amen. For parents, that's not very hard. Usually we're praying specific problems, but we want to pray specific prayers. Amen. And the third thing I see about this prayer over that uh, Jacob prayed over his sons that really teach us about praying for our kids is that he prayed prophetic prayers. <laughs> Amen. How many know prayer turns an ordinary person into a prophet? Especially when you're praying about the destiny of your children and grandchildren. You can change the destiny of your children and grandchildren through prayer. Do you believe that today? Well, Jacob did, and he certainly saw it. Amen. And so prayer turns an ordinary parent into a prophet. And I don't know about you, but when you begin to pray, you begin to move in the prophetic. Well, I don't, I'm not a prophet. I wouldn't call my, I mean, I, I, I've never prophesied. I, I mean, I've never been up in front of church and saying, thus saith the Lord. You don't have to be. You don't have to do that to move in the prophetic. You just begin to get the heart of God for your kids and begin to pray the will of God for your kids. You're going to start moving in the prophetic. And sometimes God will speak a, spe a specific thing in your heart about some of your kids. How many can say that there's things about your kids that God has spoke to you personally as a parent? There's just things I know about them. God told me there's a promise I've got. There's a, something prophetically. I just always felt that about them. How many have ever been there? Right? I don't know about you, but growing up in the house we did, it was hard to do bad things with a praying mom. Like, really, it was. I mean, we really had to be good at what we did. So my brother Mark and I, you know, we were like these criminals. But anyways, so, I mean, I'm serious. Like, one night, we were just, you know, my, my brother and I, we were just going to sneak out. We, everything, we didn't do this, we didn't do that and everything. And it's late at night. Like, it's been quiet. We're so, we're tiptoeing around, and we're doing this and doing that. And all of a sudden, the door opens, and my mom's like, what's going on? What, nothing. What are you talking about? She's like, I don't, the Lord just woke me up, told me you guys were up to something bad. It was Mark. The whole thing was him, right? Anyways, so prophetic, amen. And I want you to encourage you as a parent. You don't have to feel all these goosebumps and everything, but understand that when you pray, there's a prophetic element that you begin to move in for your kids. And you can begin to pray for them things that, I didn't even realize that. I didn't know that. But Lord, that's what you want for them. That's what you have for them. Amen. And so, Lord, I'm not going to pray. Uh, I'm not going to try to like sit down and say, this is what God told me about you. And you're going to do this. And you're going to have to do this. But amen. You just keep praying that thing until God confirms it. And until their heart is ready to receive God's will. And, and then, amen, just keep praying. <laughs> God, I just want you to move it. And so understand that you're, there's a prophetic utter element in your prayers. And, and sometimes you have to understand that your prayers are really kind of is a way that we can write the future for our children. Amen. And so why? Because praying prophetically is not just forecasting what's going to happen in their life. It's not just like, oh, I know all this stuff about them and yep, God told me that. No, that's, that's true. But let me just say this about praying prophetically because this is what the word prophetically uh, kind of means. It is saying the right word at the right time. I mean, sometimes you've got to pray the right thing at the right time. Anybody? 
Come on, God doesn't want you to waste your prayers. God wants you to pray specifically. And there's times that the Holy, Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you about praying for your children. Amen? And so you need to be open for that. That How many know moving in the prophetic and always like, hey, uh, this is what's gonna happen in 2023 and, and you're gonna do this and this and this. How many know it's not always that forecasting, but it is saying the right word at the right time. That is moving in the prophetic. Amen? I mean, believe that. So we can pray, pray prayers for our kids, the right kind of prayers at the right season and right time over their life. Amen. And I'll also just want to throw this out about prayer and praying for your kids. There is what I call the fine print of prayer. There's a clause to prayer. How <laughs> you know that? You're thinking of the Santa Claus. It's not the Santa Claus. There's a clause in prayer, right? What is that? What do I mean by that? There's a few things that really kind of help our prayers get to heaven. There's other things that hinder our prayers. The Bible says that before you worship, before you take communion, before you pray, you're to examine your heart. Amen? Right? Because why? Because willful sin, hypocritical living, selfishness, and a faithless heart can hinder prayer. Let me just say that one more time. Willful sin, hypocritical living, selfishness, or selfish prayers a faithless heart can hinder prayer. Hello? We all got quiet on that one. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 that marriage issues can hinder prayer. Did you know that? The Bible says that if a husband is not honoring his wife, not loving his wife, not trying to be understanding with her, it can hinder his prayers. Think about it. So that's why it's important to understand that, well, Lord, why, why isn't things happening? Why, you know, maybe you're praying selfish prayers like they had to address in Jude. They had to address, you're praying for a, a, a Maserati for yourself. You're praying that you get famous and you win the lottery and that you li live better than everybody else. No, you're praying selfish prayers and they're not getting to heaven. Hello. <laughs> they're not the kind of sweet smelling savor that God looks for. They're kind of the, the prayers that he needs the popery for, okay, the whatever you want to call the poopery for. So they're, they're, they're stinky prayers. They're just not happening. They're not working. And so we've got to understand that about prayer. And so there's going to be times where maybe I, I don't have a right heart when it comes to praying for my kids. Maybe I'm bitter. Maybe I'm upset. I'm angry. Maybe I'm just frustrated, Lord, and I'm, I'm just really, I'm really like had it. You know, maybe I'm complaining. Maybe they're just complaining prayers about your kids. Amen. Make sure that we're praying the right kind of prayers. Because when you're in that right spot with God and you have that right heart, I believe that your prayers are heard. <laughs> How many believes that your prayers are heard? Amen. About your kids. And that's so important, isn't it? Let me just give you some prayer instructions today. I believe it's important to, when it comes to praying for your kids, start where you are. Just start where your family's at. Well, not everybody in my family is Christian. I made a lot of mistakes. Hey, listen, again, you don't, you're not going to be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. Amen? So start where you are. I believe that it's important. Have you ever done this? Have you ever prayed about what to pray about? How many have ever done that? How many did that this week? Like, you just came, okay, I'm, I'm here, Lord. What do I pray about? <laughs> right? So maybe you need to start there. Lord, where do I start? What, what do I pray about what to pray? pray about? Do I just pray, oh, bless my kids, bless my kids, or do I pray, Lord, my kids right now are facing this situation. Here's where they are in their life. This is what they need. 
Amen. So pray for the will of God and the favor of God. We know this. Pray for the will of God and the favor of God to be over life. Why? Because the favor of God is this. This is what the favor of God is. This is God does what you cannot do for yourself. That's the favor of God. And you need to pray for, for the favor of God. God, they can't do that on their own. They can't do that for themselves. I can't do that for them. But because of your favor on their life, they, you, they can do that, right? Code, you can do that for them. And so I want to encourage you to pray for the will and the favor of God. Amen. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, we something, see something very interesting about Jesus. And I like this because this is uh, what I heard recently um, from an author about raising your kids for God. This is one of the things he said about his kids and when he was praying for his kids. He looked at the verse that talked about the development of Jesus when he was uh, growing up. And that is in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, where it says, after Jesus had been 12 and he was in Jerusalem and, and the whole, uh, you know, that whole story about, uh, did you not know I, I was, need to be about my father's business? And the Bible says he went home and may, uh, subjected himself for 18 years to Mary and Joseph. And, and the Bible says this, that he grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, but he grew in favor with God and man. Pray for favor. Lord, let them grow in favor with you and other people. Open up the door for them, an opportunity for them in their career. You know, I tell my kids, you know, when you have a servant's heart and you have a, a, a really learn how to work and have good work ethics and stuff, I'm telling you, that's going to open the door. God will open the door for you. Come on, somebody, amen? That opened the door for you. In fact, you, you will go, could even go to college for four years and graduate with a, a degree and then find yourself, God opens a door for you that wasn't even in your field that you went to college for, but God blesses you, amen? Or maybe not even go to college, and yet God blesses you, amen, with an amazing job. So that's important to pray, the favor of God, isn't it? Just a few things quickly. We pray for the purpose of God, that they would know the purpose of God at a young age like David, that they would have the right relationships come into their life and they would have that right partner if they're to get married. And when they get married, find the right partner. Amen. We have some dear friends of ours, really good friends of ours that actually pray over their kids and have prayed over their kids every single night for their future spouse, Right? Future spouse. And how many know that's good? That's good. And that's a good thing to do. And so um, pray for the their work and, and uh, the job and the career. They get older and the doors that open up. Because especially today, there's so, many, uh, there's so many options. And yet there's so much confusion about where to go and what to do. Uh, and things like that. And, and college is a fortune. Anyway, pray for their health. Just pray, Lord, I pray for the healing. And I pray that you would continue to touch my kids, amen. Pray for their protection, amen. Pray, I'll never forget one of the prayers that my mom used to pray over us all the time, almost every night, is Lord, let your angels set a hedge of protection round about them. I mean, the Bible says that the angels of the Lord encamp around those that fear him, amen. Pray for protection for your kids, especially today. Pray for an understanding of God, for they would hear the Lord at a young age. They would understand the things of God, that their heart would yearn for God and long for God at a young age, that God would bless their talents and their skills and their callings and their giftings to use it for his glory. Amen. Pray some of these things over your kids. But I just want to throw this out today. Please do not pray from a heart of fear. Don't pray from 
a heart of anger or um, uh, uh, can I just say control issue heart? <laughs> you know, you got some control issues going on and, and you just want to control. Your, don't pray like that. Don't pray from insecurity, your own insecurities, your own past and past insecurities and failures. Don't pray from a, from a heart of, of guilt and shame. You know, pray in faith. And pray with, a, with knowing that God is the God of the impossible. God can do anything he wants to. God can use them in such an amazing way. Your kids may never be the president or president of a company or, or, or huge this and big that. But they can still impact the world, amen. They can still change lives. They can still have an amazing ministry. They may never stand behind a pulpit. They may never have their name, uh, you know, in, on Christian television and Christian circles, but certainly they can do amazing things for the glory of God, amen, right? Amen, so pray those things, amen. Pray offense, offensive prayers more than defensive prayers. Have you ever found yourself praying about their problems more than the blessing of the Lord over their life? Man, they got a real attitude problem. We're going to break the spirit of rebellion right now. And, and there's times you got to like rebuke the spirit. I'm telling you, there's times you got to like, you know, really address some things. But this really was brought to my attention years ago and I kind of the first few years in youth ministry, I'll never forget, we were at a kind of a small group gathering and one of the parents said, oh man, you know, uh, Pastor Matt, can you pray for my son? He's just like really acting crazy and he's just, you know, being rebellious and everything. He said, yeah, certainly we can do that. So we begin to pray and, you know, and I'm praying, you know, God, show him your glory, your goodness. Let him know his purpose for you. And, and the mom's just like, yep. Yep, amen. And then, and then somebody else piped up and began to pray about the spirit of rebellion and, and, and the devil. And they, she just started like, yes, Jesus. And I was like, well, there's a problem right there. You're praying more defensive prayers than offensive prayers. All you do is tell him what he can't do rather than showing what he can do. Amen? You just, parents like that, they just kind of always live in a life of taking things from their kids, never adding anything or giving of themselves. Come on, they just kind of like, don't do this, don't do this because I told you so. This is, you know, and they don't spend any time. They don't build relationships. And I feel like if you do that, you're going to, that goes right into prayer. And then you start having that heart uh, over your kids in prayer. And I just believe that there's just an attitude adjustment that needs to happen there. And you're praying more defensive prayers. Don't do this, don't do that. Get them out of trouble. Do it. Devil's attacking them. You know, Satan loves, you know, wants to have them. I mean, pray offensive prayers. Lord, let your word crop up in their heart. Let the purpose of God, like Josiah at, at eight years old, man, get a hold of their heart. Let, show them your glory. Show, come on. I mean, we, we have no problem praying for uh, adults and pe other people. Let your anointing do this and the power of God do that. And let them know that. And then when it comes to our kids, man, you got to break the stubbornness in them, Lord. They got to listen to me more. They got to clean the house. Amen. Pray as if you're praying for the next prophet. Pray as if you're praying for the next pastor. Praying as if you're praying for the next David. You're praying for the next Mary. You're praying for the next Esther. Come on, pray for your kids as if, because that's who they are in God's eyes. That's who they are in God's sight. Amen. I love that old song that said that when people saw a, a shepherd boy, God saw a king. <laughs> Amen. And so pray those prayers and and I'm not saying that you need to always treat your kids like a, a king and a princess. That usually doesn't work too well. But you can pray those prayers. <laughs> you can pray those kingly prayers over them. Amen? Amen. And just a few more things. Um, I feel it's important to pray according to the Bible. 
Pray according to scripture. Just like we see in Jacob's life here. He began to bless them and pray over them. Not his will, but he began to quote scripture over them. And he began to pray the blessing of Deuteronomy 7. That they'll be blessed what they do in their business and with their hands and their grandchildren. And they'll be blessed in the future. And the future generations will know uh, uh, the God uh, of their fathers. Amen. Through their lives. So pray according to the Bible. Pray through the Bible over your kids. And, and read through the Bible with a heart of how should I pray for my kids? See, because it's important that we don't just read scriptures about your kids, but you pray scriptures about your kids. Amen? And one of the things I'm going to encourage you when it comes to the word of God, I want to encourage you today, you've got to circle the promises of God for your kids. Stand on them. Because they do not change. They will not fail. How many know God is a, guarantees his word? God guarantees his promise. And I want you to go through the word when you see promises about children and your kids or whatever. And something leaps out about your son or daughter or your grandchild or your niece or nephew. You circle that. Stand on that. Pray that. Say, Lord, I'm standing on the promise of God. Some of you, God has spoke to you personally about your kids. Maybe they don't know the Lord. Maybe they're running from God. They're doing their own things and their life is a mess. But you've got a word from God that they were going to be saved. You had a dream one night that they were going to preach the gospel. Come on, somebody. Amen. You need to stand on God's promises. You need to stand on God's word. Amen. Some of you are in this room today because somebody stood on God's promises for you. Amen. When you didn't want the Lord, when you didn't want go to church, you weren't saved and you were just kind of like a kind of just a devil running around town doing your thing. Somebody stood in the gap and prayed for you and stood on the promise of God. Lord, your word says, Lord, that if I pray according to your will, you hear me and you will give me my petition. Amen. Come on, some of you kind of go before the Lord like, well, maybe today you listen, maybe I'm lucky. You kind of as if you're just kind of like playing the lottery with God. So you need to go to the Lord, amen, like, like, like you know and you have confidence. The Bible says that we approach him, amen, that great judge, that great throne, and we approach him with confidence. Not arrogance, we approach him with confidence. Lord, you're the one that said it, I'm gonna stand on it, and, I, and you love my kids more than even I do, and you've got a greater call for them than I could give them, and I pray the will of God today. Lord, I petition you today one more time for my kids. I pray that you would move in their life. I pray that you would work out circumstances and situations that they would see that the good things that are happening in their life are because of you. Bring them to a place of of thanksgiving and bring them to a place of blessing that they'll know that the Lord is blessing them. Amen? Hallelujah. Pray the word of God. Stand on the promises of God. Circle those things in your Bible about the promises of God for family. Amen. One of the things that's so encouraging is that as believers, we draw hope from what God has already spoken. How many know there's hope in God's promises? Amen. And we can draw hope from those things. Even when it's a desperate situation, it looks like a hopeless situation. I want to encourage you, draw hope from what God has promised and stand on that promise. You say, well, it it may never, I don't even know if it's probably not going to happen. I mean, they've already made up their mind. Things have already happened. They're just, it's not going to happen what I'm, what I'm believing God for. Amen. Amen. Listen, one of the things about Jacob is that those things happen after he died. And you may never even see it with your eyes, but you've got to stand on the promise of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, they all died believing the promise. 
And yet we see the promise. And yet they died, they never saw the promise. And so that's the way it has to be with us in prayer. I want to encourage you to just to pray with your kids. Don't just pray for them, pray with them. Have them lead out in prayer. Pray over them, with them, amen? A lot of, a lot of times we just pray for our kids. We're alone, they're in school, or they're wherever. We, they never hear our prayers for them. Pray with your kids and pray with other people. Make a prayer list. And I love what Mark Batterson said in his book about prayer. He said, pray hard, pray bold, and pray through. Amen? How many can say today that the Lord wants to do a work in my family and he wants to use me and he wants to use my prayers? How many believe in God using your prayers, those silent prayers? God can do many good things. Amen? How many believe that today? If you believe that, can we just stand on our feet today? Amen. I want to just say a couple of things. We're going to pray. Pray over your families. Amen. I know there's just so much you could say on this subject today. And I don't know if it did it adequate, just shared my heart. But I believe that it's important that we understand that God cares about every facet of our lives. Amen. Two people. Amen. God cares about every facet of our lives. And he especially cares, cares about family. And you have an opportunity as a parent. Again, you're not, you're not going to be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. And you have a God who's perfect. And you have a God whose love is perfect. And you have a God whose plan is perfect. Amen. And he loves your kids more than you do. He knew your kids before you were going to have them. He knew that, amen, what they were going to do with the rest of their life, who they were going to be. Amen. And so keep loving, keep praying, keep encouraging, keep standing, amen, on the promise of God. Keep getting with other believers that are encourage you in prayer, amen. And I want to just lastly say this, that some, some of you, I, I mentioned earlier about your grandparents and great-grandparents, some of you come from a place where you might be the first believer in your family. And maybe somebody never prayed for you. you. You don't know. I mean, maybe you just, you don't know it. Maybe they did, but you just don't know that they didn't pray for you. I want to encourage you, start a legacy now. Start a new branch on your family tree. Right. Say, this is going to be a righteous branch. Amen. The root was alcoholism and abuse, but there's a new branch growing out of this because there is a renewed, amen, there's a regeneration in this branch. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to start a new legacy from now on. Amen. I might not have had a grandmother or mother or dad or anything that was Christian or led me to place or prayed for me. But I'm going to start that new legacy in my home, in my family. And from now on, every generation that comes after me is going to have prayer going over them. And they're going to know the God of my family, the God of my, amen, my life. Amen. Amen. Can we say that today? I'm going to start a new legacy. I'm going to start a new branch. I'm going to start praying for my kids. I'm going to start praying for uh, everybody else's kids or whatever. I'm going to start a new branch today. And I'm going to encourage you that you need to put your faith and your expectations in the living God. Don't put your expectations a lot of things. Don't put your faith. And listen, not only that, but don't lose your faith when it comes to your kids. Encourage yourself. Stand strong in the promises of God. Stay there and say, Lord... And here's the thing, good thing about kids. This is what I love about kids. They just don't stay kids. <laughs> things happen. They grow up. Things happen, right? They go on. And so things may not look okay right now, but there's a time that it could look a lot better than it does right now. Listen, tomorrow is, is, is not yet. Amen. So we don't know what could happen. And we're just saying, Lord, I may not like what's going on right now. They may not be in a good place right now, but, but, 
Lord, you can do a work in their life that there's a day that they do serve the living God, that they do gather their children around. They do marry somebody that's of the Lord. They do raise their kids for the glory of God. They do give you praise. Amen. Amen. Things may not look good right now, but I put my faith and my expectations in a God that holds tomorrow. Amen. That holds the future, that knows my kids, knows their heart. And so I want to encourage you to, to move in this power of silent night prayer for your kids. Amen. Because the prayers that we do in private could become the miracles that are seen in public. Amen. And let me encourage you also, if you're, if you're young, if, if you're newly married, if you're, if you're just young in age, and maybe you're not even married, you're just getting out there or whatever, I, I just want to encourage you, start praying for what God wants to do in your life through your family. Start praying for you know, your future spouse and start praying for your, your future children or your home, whatever God's gonna do in your home. Just start now. Don't wait until you have kids and you got problems and, and we all oh, we gotta call counseling. No, start right now praying for your kids. Start that branch right now. Start that legacy right now of prayer for your kids. Amen? I wanna pray over your family and pray over your home today. Let's agree together. Lord, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you for your heart. You have a heart of a father, the perfect father. And I thank you, Lord, as a heart of a father, Lord, you want to bless your children. You want to bless our children. That is your plan. That is your design, that every generation knows the goodness of the Lord. And Lord, I know today that you're speaking to our hearts and and perhaps even convicting us uh, about spending more time in prayer over our children, Lord. I pray that you would teach us to pray. Just like the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Lord, you love it when people ask you that. And today, there's a bunch of us asking you, teach us to pray effective prayers for our children. Teach us to pray and, and not let go. Teach us to stand on the promises. Show us things in your word, Lord. Speak to us prophetically about our kids' lives that we can stand strong and prayer. Lord, Lord, I thank you that you've not just used us as somebody that can open the door to our kids about the Lord, but you use us as one that can shut the plan, uh, the door of the enemy, the plans of the enemy. I thank you, Lord, that you've caused us to be that rear guard in our kids' lives, that protection in our kids' lives, the night watchman, as it were, in our kids' lives. And I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you would continue to empower us with your grace and your strength and your word, Lord, to be strong families families in Jesus' mighty name. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, amen. amen.